did it, Joe. You're gonna be the next president of the United States. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the program, everybody. You just stepped inside of Psychotic Bump School, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and I want to welcome you to another exciting edition, a landmark occasion of Psychotic Bump School. So ladies and gentlemen, tonight, oh my God, we have a brand new president-elect, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden, the Democratic candidate has won the 2020 general election. He is going into the White House, absolutely trouncing the incumbent Donald Trump. President-elect Joe Biden is our next president, president number 46. And his uh, partner will be the one and only out of Oakland, California, Senator Kamala Harris. That's right, she's now Vice President Harris, the first woman ever, ever elected into the White House the first black woman, the first Asian woman to hold that distinction. So, so many firsts this uh, weekend, ladies and gentlemen. We waited a long time for the counts to manifest the uh, ultimate winners. Uh, we, we knew this was coming, but we had some uh, exercise, some delayed gratification. And once the news hit, there has been worldwide jubilation, uh, just celebrations all over the world, ladies and gentlemen, a burst of release, uh, a big sigh of relief, going across all the planets. Oh my God, oh man, all over the world. So many people were uh, welcoming this news. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going into the White House. And to help me have this discussion about this landmark occasion, we're gonna have two panels this evening, a mental health panel featuring licensed clinical social worker, Casey Phillips-Brown, as well as educational psychologist, Dr. Chase Moore. And our political commentary will be carried by the one and only Jeffrey Keller, Lori Peacock, California Delegate Dina J. Becker, as well as Aaron Wiley-Sands. So it's going to be an amazing show. We're celebrating the election of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So you might want to call your friends and family to the radio or the computer because we are about to set it off. So this is KCWGthetruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to Psychotic Bump School. Stay tuned for more. We're going to kick off our celebration after this. Let's play. 
not the one we can do this with the hands or take it to the guns. You know I can flow. The name is Fat Joe. I can flow. I can flow. I can flow. Yes, we are back. KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. And ladies and gentlemen, we are finally here. The election has come and gone, although they're still counting. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a brand new president-elect coming in the dough. Ladies and gentlemen, we ain't gonna have Trump no more. And we have a black <laughs> vice president, a sister. Yes. I'm not even gonna say nothing else about it. Y'all know what time it is. It's a new day and we got a new administration coming in. To help me have this conversation today, this uh, celebra conversation, if you will, uh, I have three amazing guests on the line, make it four, and uh, we're gonna break it down to its final compound. They've all been here before. They're superstars on this show. They're good friends of mine. I'm so happy to have them here. Actually, all of them in their own way, whether they know it or not, have helped me get through this tumultuous time leading up to this election. So I'm gonna introduce them all in one fell swoop. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, Lori Peacock, our good sister, California delegate, Dina Becker, our good sister, Aaron Wiley Sands, the political hyphenate, multi-hyphenate herself, and the inimitable good brother, Jeffrey Keller, Dina, Aaron, Jeffrey, Lori, are you there? Yes. Hello. Well, one of y'all is there. How about the other two? <laughs> <laughs> oh, two of us. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm here too. <laughs> right on. Well, I'm glad y'all are here. Jeffrey Keller, I'm a I'm a defer to the ladies, man, because I, I know you know you and I were probably a bit smitten when Obama got in first black man, you know what I'm saying? So uh, this is quite a time, right, Jeff? Yes, sir. Man, uh, ladies, take it over. Uh, Joe Biden is the, the, the next president. He won. He broke through and won. And as he said he would, he beat him like a drum. Um, Aaron, Dina, Lori, who wants to jump in first? How are you feeling about this outcome? I'll jump in. I um when That's I woke up fans, y'all. <laughs> when I woke up and heard the news, I've been waiting. You know, we've all been waiting, but all it, it waiting. got kind of tense the last couple of days. And when I got the text and when I turned on the television and saw Vice President Joe, Joe Biden, Vice President elect, I just I started, I know my neighbors think I'm crazy because I just started screaming. And mm-hmm. I have been waiting to dance around playing brand new day from the whiz since this whole thing began. So I cranked up the volume and I sang, can't you feel a brand new day? And I just felt like this release and relief. Mm. I don't think we, I think we knew, but we didn't know how encumbered and burdened we all were by this demagogue. Mm -hmm. So when people just kind of broke out into dancing and partying in the streets, not just in our nation, but in the damn world in other parts of the world it just shows how oppressed we felt by his Mm -hmm. lies by his um narcissism by you know everything and so all i felt was just jubilee i realized too i want to say this that they have a hell of a road ahead because Mm -hmm. the trumpers are still denying it that mitch mcconnell is still going to fight them every step of the way it's going to be hell for them so i don't envy the road they have ahead we're going to all galvanize and support them but yesterday was complete jubilation did we see this in 2016 when trump won come on 
No, <laughs> no, you saw devastation and weeping and gnashing of teeth. But what about his supporters around the world? Was there any like celebrating? Okay, are um, you being funny? No, I'm wondering. <laughs> like, supporters around the world, people were in shock I, and misery. Okay, uh, that, I don't that's know that I there's ever been any. I don't know that there's ever been any kind of celebration like that, like yesterday for for a president. Uh, in the streets like that. I don't know that that's happened before. I mean, I know right. when Obama won, I had a party. There was a big, it was a, you know, there was a lot of jubilation at that time, but I don't remember people in the, you know, marching in the streets and stuff. I so either. I think this is new. I think this is new and I think it's needed. And I think it's a, it's an indication of, as Aaron mentioned, you know, the oppression we've been under for so long and just the true sheer release of all of that at this time. Hmm. Well, before I go to Dina Becker, uh, talk to us a little bit more about that, Lori. Just how tough had it been during this time leading up to this uh, announcement yesterday? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, I mean, just for four years, it's been awful. But then even just these last four days, I mean, I kept going to bed just expecting to wake up to bad news. I, I, I kept going to bed expecting to wake up to Trump being president again. And I, was, I couldn't sleep, but I also couldn't stay awake. So I had mm. to, you know, do that. And every morning I'd wake up and every morning there wasn't, a, there was, you know, there was no verdict and I was waiting and waiting. And I was watching yesterday live when it, when it was announced and I was overjoyed and elated and felt um, such a, a weight off my shoulders that has been sitting there for mm. four years. And over this last year, especially with so much racism, with so much hatred, with so much negativity being, being directed, I felt personally at me. And people like me um, had to deal with that for so long, uh, for so many years, and in such a such a, a massive amount. You know, it was just such a release. It was a total, complete release. And I and I was singing, you know, I was singing some some songs from Hamilton. And I love that you're singing the Wiz. Uh -huh. I love that song. I love that musical. So you know, and and of course the Obama song kept running through my head too. You know, just every every good good song that, that I could think of was running through my head. And um, I'm just I'm thrilled. I'm overjoyed. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, we can talk, I'll, get, I'll let Dina go on too, but I, I really do want to talk about how it felt to, to look at Kamala and see someone mm -hmm. that I identify with, that I, looking in the mirror, you know, that I see myself up there like that. I, I did, I felt like, you know what, I can do anything. I truly feel like oh. all those things that I feel like have been holding me down, I'm not going to let them hold me back anymore because if she can come get to that level, I can do whatever I need to do. Wow. Dina J. Becker. Oh boy, um, two words, cautious optimism. Mm -hmm. Come that's, on. That's pretty much where I am right now because I mean, this is, I still have people on my Facebook uh, that are, you know, from high school. I grew up in the suburbs, a white suburb, and there are still folks on my timeline celebrating that Trump won. That's that's where their mindset is. Wait, 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 wait. Exactly. That Trump won. <laughs> exactly. The it's delusion that's in this group of people, it's mind-boggling. It's not anything I've ever seen. And mm. then I saw something else, the flip side of that, which really broke my heart. And that was our own black mm. folks questioning Kamala's blackness. Mm. Um, diminishing her blackness because of who her husband is, mm -hmm. um, resorting to the racist tropes that 
black women often get attacked with. Yeah. I mean, it was really heartbreaking. Hmm. We have work to do. Yes, we A do. whole yeah. lot of work to do. And I think if anything, the one thing I hope is that the count continues. Yeah. Because we know what's coming. We know Trump is going to challenge everything. I want the ballot count to continue until every single last ballot is counted, because I think one very important thing will happen. It will expose the cheating mm. all around. Come on. And that's something that the American people deserve to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This election was stolen from us in many ways by both sides. It was stolen from the Democrats in the primaries because mm. of tricks that were used to you know, force Biden to be the candidate. Mm. Then you have the BS that Trump pulled with the, the Postal Service. Right. They really tried to make it so that the election would be won by discarding mail-in ballots. Mm. And I'm sure that is, you know, Trump thinks he, he still thinks he's being slick. And you know what I think happened? I think he was sitting in a room somewhere and goes, okay, this is what we'll do. We'll control the ballots. We'll control the mail. And we'll make sure that the Democratic uh, precincts, that those ballots are lost. Wow. That's how we win. Wow. I just want to say bravo to that impersonation. I just want to say, hey, <laughs> that was well, brilliant. He, thank you. What I he was not that. counting on was yeah, that there would be people within the United States Postal Service that were going to be like, not on my watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there were precincts where, um, you know, the people who were, you know, in charge of those post offices were, you know, throwing ballots away making sure that ballots would disappear and all of that needs to come out. And so before I go to Jeffrey Keller, there's, there's evidence of that. I'm saying the investigation needs to happen. They are investigating right now about um, some ballots that were, um, I I think I can't remember the judge's name is Sullivan. Judge Sullivan um, told the post office that they need to sweep the facilities because there were some ballots that were missing. That's right. I mean, and so I and just to echo in overwhelmingly democratic and black areas. Always. Absolutely. Yes. Right. Always. always. So there were shenanigans afoot. Absolutely. And there always are, but we still rose victorious in spite mm-hmm. of it. And that and just shows how powerful we are when we come together as a people and then people of like mind who wanted mm-hmm. this man out. I mean, to stand and because it was easy for me to vote. I voted in two minutes, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I had cousins who were standing in line some three hours in Ohio, some 11 hours in Georgia. It was ridiculous. Wow. But we did it. Yeah. And now it's time for him to get the hell out of the people's house. Get That's right. Them. Get the house them. our ancestors built. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Get out. Get yeah. out of our house. Hmm. Jeffrey Keller. Yeah, man. Um. <laughs> Look it. This I told you earlier that Biden would have to win by eight percentage points in every state to win the election because mm-hmm. of all the cheating that was going to go on. I mean, I still don't understand how Ivanka can own patents to voting machines. Right. I I don't know why that has never came out. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why he wanted people to go in and vote because they control that. And I, that's, I had friends tell me that they went and voted in Texas and a couple other states. And when they went back, electronically looked back at their votes, their votes had been changed. See? Um, so, you know, that's crazy. But, I mean, I'm not worried about um, the election. I'm not worried about uh, Black people questioning if Kamala's Black or that. I don't get into all that because, you know, you're not going to change those minds. You're always going to have those people. And there's nothing you can do like Trumpsters to change their attitudes or their minds. All we can do is focus on the people that's working with us. And if the other people want to hop on the bus, they can. If they want to stay on that short yellow bus, let them stay on that short yellow bus. Mm. Um, so, you know, I think we got a lot of work to do. I think um, it's going to come down to uh, the Senate. It's going to come because McConnell's going to do the same thing he did with Obama and right. nix everything. And so that's very important that you know, we at least win those two seats in Georgia. So a lot of stuff to go down. Absolutely. Somebody wanted to jump in right there. Yeah, that was me, Dina. Um, Jeffrey, I'm, I'm one of those like big thinkers who likes to look very, very far ahead. And right now I'm thinking in terms of 2024, okay? Those people that we were just talking about, we're gonna have to get them in check and get them in order because what's going to happen in 2024, and I'm predicting this, is that we're going to be looking at Kamala Harris as president. Actually, that's going to happen before that because I'm predicting that Biden will step aside for two years and Kamala will be our first woman and first black woman, first black woman, uh, South Asian president. That's what I'm seeing in 2024. We got to get these people in check so that they keep her in the White House and keep her as president. Because we also have to remember what we're up against. 55% Come on. Of white Say that, women Say that again. Trump. Say it again. 55% of white women voters voted for Trump. And then it got even more messy. 18% of black men this time voted for Trump. And I know two black men who I don't even know if I can continue the friendship who voted for Trump. Mm-hmm. And it, Did they say why it's they scary. Did they oh, say my why? God. All the same. I mean, I really feel like it's a cult. They have this really ridiculous cult mentality. It's hard to even talk to them. And I, <laughs> I mean, to say the things that they say are, are nonsensical, but, you know, the same BS that um, he did uh the they took um i'm sorry what he gave to hb um yes and the other thing he did with the first step act and prison reform and none of those things were him funding hbcs are is in the uh already in the budget they were doing that now they did do more under him but not because of him this was a senate proposition that was already on the floor that they were going to sign and do so all he did was not let it he didn't veto it so that's all he did. He didn't do anything Right, but that was only for infrastructure. That was only for infrastructure. That's not to hand out scholarships like Pell Grants. And he tried to get rid of Pell Grants, but nobody wants mm-hmm. to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it, got- Exactly, and the First Step Act is just that, a first step. Oh, it and it's not um, just for black people, it's for exactly. Mexicans, white people, Asians. 
hello. And I, and I'm kind of getting sick of the narrative that anytime something's done for prison reform, it just means us. Yep. You yeah. know what I mean? And yep. so right. I, 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 you know, I've argued with them over it, but I'm sick. And then they bring up, of course, the crime bill, pretending that we can lay all of that at the feet of Joe Biden when mm-hmm. the black congressional Congress support. I mean, you know what I mean? There was mm-hmm. a lot of people who made that mistake. So right. I'm just kind of, but these are the things that they say. And they don't involve research or understanding or any nuanced thinking. They're just like cult-like. And I, all those Trumpers are. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. I forget who just said that, but I've never seen anything like it. The denial, the people still pretending that he won. And this is the danger of this man. He tries mm-hmm. to turn the truth into a lie. I mean, and, and make a lie the truth. And he's doing it and he's captivating America. I will never again question how Hitler did what he did because mm-hmm. we, we saw it. I mean, we That's just right. got, <laughs> I mean, so how does he it's get ridiculous. Away with it? How, mm-hmm. in your opinion, and, you know, Lori, Dina, Jeff, you can jump in too. Aaron, how does he get away with it all this time? Well, the foundation of this country is racism and it's um, the white lie that people have told themselves. And so, They've been doing that to the white working class forever. I mean, they did it in slavery, whites who couldn't own slaves. They told them, well, at least you're white, so you're better than this, so you can cling to this. And he just went with that same thing that's been sewed into the very fabric of America. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, like she said, 55% of white women voted for a man who's a misogynist. So are, are those, <laughs> and yeah, she did say that, you're, you're right, Aaron. But Dina, Lori, and are those hard numbers? Because there's speculation of whether yes. or not those came no, in. No, they're hard numbers. They, I saw it. 18% of black men, 55% white I, I women. Too, Trump. But they, they're also counting the, the mail-in ballots too? They're still yes, being I'm counted. looking at the graphic right now. I actually used it in our Demisfit Black Girls show yesterday. Uh-huh. And because I had, I made a whole PowerPoint presentation. I would love <laughs> I to see saying. that. I wish I could share my screen so I could just see it. But right, Dina, I was, I was ready with visuals and everything today. See? Well, maybe we'll turn your camera on so that we. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, but, you know what though? I, I really think, as we're talking, this thought is coming to me. I, I really think that celebrity has a huge role in this. I think the fact that he was on television for so many years on such a popular show, even though he was a total jerk on that show, I think, you know, how many celebrities have been elected to high, to to positions strictly because people knew their name. And Mm -hmm. I think that there's people that are really into him partially because of that, because of that role that they saw on TV that they, for whatever reason, must have really liked. Um, and then I also think that there's there are just some of those policies, and and I think a lot of times it comes down to taxes. I think it comes down to money, and people think that you know Democrats are just going to raise your taxes, and Republicans are going to let you hold on to your money and your guns and your babies, your unborn babies, all those things. I think those those just play such a role because the fact that so many Americans, seventy million voted for him and thought that he was a good idea after the last four years of what we've experienced is mind boggling to me. Now we won, we got the majority, but we didn't, there were still too many people who thought that he was a good idea for another four years. And that is disturbing. Hmm. You know what? I don't even think it was that people thought that it was a good idea. I think it was that people thought it was entertaining because- What do you mean by that? Where, where Donald Trump comes from, he's, he's a reality TV personality. And mm-hmm. look how, just look at, 
entertainment in general, uh, pop culture, reality TV took over that. It makes perfect sense that reality TV would take over our politics as well. And the, the, the mind frame, the thought process. Well, let me ask you this though, because uh, what I failed to mention at the beginning and Jeffrey, I'm coming to you in just a second. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, everybody on this panel with the exception of yours truly uh, is an entertainer of sorts or once was, okay? So everybody in here has a little of that artistic side inside of them. And so I bring that up, Dina and Jeff and Lori and Aaron, because acting is just that. You know when to turn it on and turn it off. You can distinguish clearly between lights, camera, action, and this is real life now. So if people were so drawn into the, the drama and entertainment value of it, and he is the reality show chaos candidate, um, in what way does that exonerate voters from picking him? And I know that's not what you're saying, but what can you tell me more about what you mean as to how that factored so heavily into why people still want him, even after Lori said his record is clear for the last four years, they still chose him? Well, it goes back to education. Um, this country has become more and more uneducated. And when we compare ourselves to other nations, um, we are falling further and further behind. And when you don't have that educational component, then something like um, reality TV can come in and be the teacher and be the leader and be the example. Now, um, yeah, Jeff, I'm coming to you right now. Um, but Dina, just, just before I go to Jeff, I just wanna be clear because I did see those numbers. I saw that 18%. So again, though because they're still counting ballots so how can they yeah. have full count on that number without all the votes being tallied is my question because they're it's still just, counting in north carolina well i mean in some places it's pretty easy to make those determinations because like let's say north carolina for example it's very easy to say okay this precinct is overwhelmingly democratic and overwhelmingly black and so we can tally and say okay 25% of those voters voted for this candidate and another percentage voted for the other candidate. Some things are already in place where you don't have to do a lot of math. I get you. I get Plus you. the high and the, the tallies are in, in the high 90 percentiles. Right. So even though they're still counting, they're pretty much done and okay, it doesn't take much. It takes a lot to move a percentage point versus right. one or two votes. So great. I get you. I get you. Jeffrey Kelly, your thoughts? Um, I, I, to me personally, I think Trump is very smart when it comes to knowing his base and mm -hmm. knowing that people that want to be white. That's why yeah. he says build walls, make America first. I love the police. All those things that are connected to brown people at some level, whether it's immigration, crime, and he knows that about white folks. So what he's really telling them is I will protect you from minorities. I will make sure you have jobs and illegals won't take your jobs. I will make sure that everything is America first. And that's what a lot of people that buy into the Star Spangled Banner and they pledge allegiance to this country when they're little kids, they buy into that. And so when he says that and they're coming out of a black president and they want a white guy, he's saying everything that they want to hear. Mm. That's why they vote for this guy. 
okay. not just because he's a, it's not just because he's a, a guy that was a reality, but it's it's all of this combined. Yep. Okay, we'll check this out. That's what I agree with too. I don't okay. put that okay. much. Okay, let, let, let's take a short break because um, we've been talking about Trump. Trump lost. All right. So we, what I've been, you know, this is a mental health program too. So um, he, he's been living in our souls for long enough. He's been evicted. All right. So how do we get him out? How do we talk about what Dina said at the top that how people are going to be now coming for Kamala because of her race? Because like she said, she could very well be the next president. Um, God forbid, sooner than four years. But, you know, people are talking about that because of Joe Biden's age, even though he seems to be as healthy as everything. Did you see uh, him running? He was running. He was <laughs> running, exactly. So I was you what, like, I was kind of nervous. I was a little nervous, actually. Oh, Joe is fine. Like, no, baby, Joe is down. good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Joe let's, is take, good. Let's, let's take a short break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the Biden-Harris administration. We're going to forget Trump, okay? We're going to forget about Trump and Trumpism. And we go, well, if we don't forget about it, we're going to handle them. All right. It's Biden Harris time, y'all. This is KCWG, the truth.com's programs called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. Uh, we're chatting with Lori Peacock, Dina Becker, Aaron Wiley Sands, and the good brother Jeffrey Keller. We're talking about the new Biden Harris administration. The 46th administration has been elected by United States of American citizens. And dare I say, black and brown folks. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after this. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? This is your man, Eric Rico, and you're currently in tune to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on KCWG, thetruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Hey, you! Our discussion, KCWG, the truth.com. This program's called Psychotic Bone School. I'm DJ Rome. Uh, we're back with Dina, Aaron, Jeffrey, and Lori. Uh, we're breaking down the new Biden Harris administration. Kamala Harris 
uh, the vice president elect, first black woman, first Asian woman ever elected into the White House, the first woman. Sarah Palin. Y'all hear that on the conservative <laughs> side? This is how you do it. This is how you get it done. Stop playing, okay? As much as we revere John McCain, some of us, um, he he's the one who ushered in this crazy stuff by picking her. I'm sorry. I mean, John McCain has a legacy that's going to stand well, and that boded well when Mark Kelly just knocked out Martha McSally over in Arizona, mm-hmm. and Cindy McCain endorsed Joe Biden. So I get it, but no, that that crazy that side, you know, now we're into QAnon territory after Trump gets out. Um, Mm. It started with Sarah Palin, but ladies and gentlemen, conservatives, fake Christian Republicans, this is how you do it, okay? Okay. Black people are undefeated whenever they've been on a ticket since the 2000s, all right? Undefeated. So if you wanna win an election, Democrats, you better stop ignoring (laughs) the sisters. You better stop playing with the sisters, okay? I want to talk about Biden-Harris because, like I said, you know, I'm sick and tired of Trump, y'all. I'm sick mm-hmm. and tired of Trump. And by the way, you know, this, and I want, I wanted to hear from the ladies first, Jeff, because I, I want us to bask. You know, Lori said now she feels like she could do anything seeing Kamala on stage, you know, you know, accepting the, uh, the, the victory, you know, and introducing Joe Biden, the next president of this country. It's like, that's powerful. You know, I had to hug my wife. She was emotional. <laughs> real. You know, it's beautiful. You know what it takes, you know what it takes to get a black woman anywhere in the higher ranks. I mean, they already used to fighting by themselves with nobody having their back, but it's a lot of work. And so I want to talk about how we rally around this sister because Dina, look, I ain't having it. You know, there's no perfect politician, but we ain't gonna stand for that that bashing like y'all did with Barack Obama. You ain't gonna be painting no monkey pictures of uh, like you did with Michelle Obama and not hear from us, okay? Stop playing, okay? This is our candidate. This is the one we put in. This is the one the majority of Americans picked, okay? By a lot, by a landslide. Y'all, does that sound familiar to y'all? Months ago, <laughs> landslide, nobody yes, Nobody wanted to accept it. And I understood then, and I understand now where the skepticism was coming from. But I was of the notion that this guy has got to go. And I was listening to the pollsters. And what I didn't anticipate, however, and Dina can speak to this far better than I could. um, What I didn't anticipate was the grassroots support that rallied to the aid of the Democratic campaign. It wasn't the Democrats that put Joe Biden in. That's right. It was the grassroots and progressives. Okay. So I got to keep it real. And Jeff and Lori and Aaron, I mean, I guess I would be one of the more uh, moderate to progressives, you know, probably lean more toward moderate, you know, in this group. And because of people like Dina and another former guest, Kevin Boats, you know, I've, we're having a different conversation on psychotic bump school now because of people like this, because of people like Dina. So how what how do y'all see the Biden Harris administration playing out in lieu of all these issues that we're going to have to contend with to to defend to defend her and to hold them both accountable and not just watch the the um, inauguration parade for the next four years? I mean, we got to get to work quick because we still have a Senate race coming up in January, a runoff in Georgia um, to hopefully secure two more seats to even out and take the lead in the Senate so that Mitch McConnell will not filibuster and block everything like Jeffrey Keller said. 
So Dina Becker, I wanna start this segment with you. Um, how do you see from a progressive end, um, how the next four years will look for Biden-Harris administration? How do we hold them accountable and what role will progressives and the progressive movement play in this administration? Ms. Dina J. Becker. Um, okay, first off, you know, it's we're talking about family, it'll be family infighting because that's what Democrats do. We know that, mm -hmm. um, but I do agree that we need to put everything aside until we deal with Georgia and that runoff. That, mm -hmm. that should be first and foremost on everyone's mind and focusing all the attention, all the money, everything on Georgia and trying to get those Senate seats. Um, one thing we do definitely need to acknowledge is the percentage of um, votes attributed to liberals, moderates, and conservatives and how they voted. Liberals make up 24% of voters. They voted for Biden 89%. That's crazy. Wow. Now, let's compare that to our, our moderate Dems because our moderate Dems, they slipped a little bit this time. They make mm -hmm. up 40% of voters, mm -hmm. but they only voted for Biden at 64%. Compared to where, what, what are compared to, li compared to liberals, liberals voted at 89%, okay. moderates at 64%. Conservatives gotcha. did what conservatives do. 84% mm -hmm. of them voted for, for Trump. 14% of them voted for Biden. Hmm. Um, in terms of how that's gonna play out with the administration, they really need to do some serious soul searching. Yeah. And realized who got them in and who needs to be given a seat, a seat at the table because mm. it was earned. Right. Progressives, liberals have earned a seat at the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you cannot blame us for anything <laughs> this go round. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a very contentious um, battle, I think. Well, you're absolutely right. Lori Peacock, I remember from a previous show uh, when I was saying, you know, Joe Biden is gonna win this election. And at that time, uh, you've been on several times with Dina and Aaron and Jeff. And I think at that time he may not have even, you know, named his VP pick. And so right. the speculation was uh, he's gonna pick a woman for sure. And people were saying it should be a sister, but then you were saying, well, we just want you know, a good candidate, a black woman might be going too far. And Dina eventually said during a later show that, okay, now that we know it's Kamala, if he loses, they're gonna blame Kamala and Jeffrey agree with her. So uh, I I'm leading up to say, yo, the, the black stuff won. I mean, like Dina said, with, the, with oh, yeah. those stats that Dina just broke down, you know, progressive showed up because Detroit, oh my God, Detroit, Philly, they went nuts with voter participation and just activism, boots on the ground, okay? So I guess my question is, how do you see, uh, given where you stand politically, Lori, how do you envision a Biden-Harris administration from your vantage point in lieu of working with the tumultuous nature on the side of the Democrats and progressives that don't like Democrats or Republicans? Lori Peacock, how do you see it? Well, you're right. I didn't think he would pick a black woman as his running mate. Um, I was skeptical of that. I didn't think it was. And I remember you guys saying, you know, we've earned it. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, am I getting too greedy by expecting that? Because that was my, you know, obviously the ideal. 
but I didn't think it could be the reality. And when it did become the reality, I was overjoyed. I, I love Kamala and I've loved her, you know, as, as a Senator from my state. Um, and I think, I really think that this administration can get so much done and do so much good. And there's a lot to over, overcome from the last four years that, you know, that has to be undone. But first and foremost, I think if they can get something going with COVID and get yes. COVID under control and, you know, get to the, 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 the onslaught slows down and the death slows down, I really think that's going to make a lot of people look at them a little bit differently. I think ultimately getting that under control, we can start looking at the economy. I think the economy is going to get better. You know, all of these things are just going to happen um, because they have the be country's best interest in mind. It's not selfish. It's not just, what, you know, what they personally want or for just a small group of people. They're thinking about the whole nation. And I think it's going to be a wonderful, amazing, beautiful thing. And, you know, maybe again, I've got my rose colored glasses on, I think because I was so pessimistic before. Now I'm like, dude, anything is possible. Let's just bring it on. It's all going to be, you know, sunshine and roses. And I know that's not the case, but I, I think it's going to be so much better. I think they can get a lot done. And I don't know that we can necessarily over, you know, to get the majority in the Senate. Uh, it's going to be difficult, very difficult to overcome. But, you know, that, that could change. It doesn't happen now. It could ha change in two years. And, and we could really get a lot of good done. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic and not even cautiously optimistic anymore. I'm just optimistic and excited for the future. And, uh, you know, I just, just, just thinking about 2016, I know we we're off of Trump, but when we lost in 2016, I mean, it was a, it was a kick to the gut for me. And I would guess for many Americans yes. and, and it was just horrible, but I don't ever remember saying it wasn't a legitimate win. I don't ever remember right. saying we need a recount. I don't ever remember saying, right. you know, this is, this is the farce and it's not true and it's fake news. I don't think anybody did. We all just, nope. you know, sucked it up and licked our wounds and, and cried for four years. And uh, so the fact that now they're behaving this way is despicable to me. It's immature and we need to get past it, past it, smack them, smack them to the side and, and move forward so we can make, mm -hmm. make changes. And I'm so excited about his cabinet. I'm excited about who's going to be the new secretary of education because yes. DeVos has been disastrous and yes. useless. Yep. And, you know, the first thing they needed to do with COVID was, was provide funding to schools so that they could get kids back in there under safer circumstances, right. not something they wanted to do, not something they talked about doing. So I, I I'm just, I'm ready. I'm ready for change. I'm ready for, for okay. a better, a better day. Well, check this out. Better day is here. So Jeffrey and Aaron, Aaron, stand by. I'm coming to you in just a, second, just a second, Aaron. But Lori, you did extra during this election by phone banking and everybody did a little bit more. And Jeffrey, you, you canvassed, you went to protests, you've been working with police departments to, you know, help them see the importance and the value of uh, rerouting their funding and, you know, some things happen. So I guess my question to you and Aaron, how soon should we cash in our, our, our poker chip? because black people did this and why be shy about it? I mean, is it too much to ask? I mean, I, I believe Lori and Dina are correct and Lori in particular, but it's like, yo, we need to get COVID under control first, but how soon should black people start making demands about, uh, we put you here. So now these are our demands and our wants. Jeffrey Keller, what are your thoughts on that? And then I'm coming to Aaron Wiley Sands. I just wanted to say I have to leave soon, so. Uh, well, let's go, go to Aaron. Go ahead and let it go. <laughs> go ahead, Aaron. Sorry about that. I just um, I wanted to get that in before I had to go. Uh, yes. 
I want to just piggyback just really quickly on um, what my sister Dina said. She's a progressive. I'm a moderate. Mm-hmm. But I think we agree on more than we disagree on. And my MVP on in this election is Stacey Abrams. I yep. think what she did yeah. galvanizing the vote was, I mean, ha- that woman inspires me every day. I love Kamala, but I mean, I have a poster of Stacey on my, <laughs> if I was a teenager, Stacey would be on the wall. And I feel that she's earned a seat at the table Um, Mm. in terms of cashing in our our chips or or asking for. I really believe, and and maybe I'm just being hopeful, I believe that Joe gets it, that he knows that it was Clyburn Mm. that even made him a nominee and that it was Stacey and others like her and all of us on this uh, on this podcast right now who got it done for this man, black people. Um, in fact, <laughs> we can go back to the first black president. We even put Biden on the map because Biden's been running for president for years. A long time. And so it's our community that made him visible and then our community that made him president. I think he, I really feel like he gets that. Okay. And so I'm interested to see Stacy get a seat in that cabinet. I mm. mean, if that didn't happen, I promise you, I will walk to DC. But um, I feel like she's earned her seat at the table and I feel like he's going to staff, uh, especially with Kamala in there, that they're going to staff that cabinet with um, voices from not just our community and and we are worthy and deserving, but I'd love to see somebody um, from the Native American community. Yes, come in and be the Secretary of Interior. I mean, there are a lot of people of color, young Latinos from the Latinx community did it for him in Arizona or I think in Nevada. So there are a lot of people, we did it, but there are a lot of people who contributed to his win. I believe he gets that. And I hope, it is my earnest hope that he, you know, employs all of the people who helped get him elected to run this country and make it, you know, what we believe it can be. So well, just wanted to say go, that. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, I know you got to go. Um, Vivek Murthy is being uh, touted as a possible cabinet member. He was in the uh, um, former attorney general, I believe. Um, he was under Trump, but Trump fired him. Uh, he was a surgeon general. <laughs> and so he's of Indian descent. So you talk about having a diverse, uh, diverse cabinet. Uh, that might be the first uh, shot across the bow if Vivek Murthy is indeed placed back in this coronavirus task force that Biden is talking about. But I know you got to go. So Jeff, stand by. Uh, I want to thank you, Aaron Wiley-Sands, for all of your thank work. Thank you. Ha- always have fun. Well, it's always fun to have you, but you put together that voter's guide for us and our listeners, and it was well-received. I did get some excellent feedback on it. It definitely helped my family personally with voting. And uh-huh. I cannot personally thank you enough for the extra work that you did to make this election a little bit more bearable, a little bit more uh, facilitated and accessible for people who wouldn't un- normally understand a complicated ballot as the one we just had. So Aaron Wiley Sands, for all that you have done, thank you, thank you, thank you. Will you join us again? You just again put a huge back? smile across my face. Thank you so much. Yes. We love you, Aaron. Yes, we do. I love, we love you guys you, Aaron. too. All right, I can't wait for us to do it visually next we year. Will. Well, Dina's ready right now, but she didn't want to keep the cameras on. But we, we'll, when we do it again, we'll, we'll get you back here, okay? Okay, wonderful. All right, thanks, Have Aaron. a great White day. Friends. Join All us right, again. Bye-bye. All right, Jeffrey Keller, um, how soon, man? I mean, is, 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 it, is, it, is there a way, is there any way to do too much too soon and asking for uh, our grievances to be addressed? Um, go ahead and unmute yourself, good brother. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. 
Um, how should we approach this as a black community now that Joe Biden and Kamala are the 46th administration? Um, well, we should ask like 200 years ago. Come on. <laughs> but no, I think like your last guest just said, you know, it's going to me, it's going to come down to uh, um, him picking the cabinet. That's how we'll know if, if he gets it or not. Um, mm. And, I, you know, I do want to see him, you know, change things in the crime bill, like he said he's going to do. I want to see him do things in immigration that he needs need to get these kids out of cages, need to read yes. parents. Yes. Need to change those, those policies, um, mm. and all those affect again, again, all brown people. That's um, right. So that's that's. I mean, people have already asked. We've already asked. We're going to see if he's been listening. Mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. what. So yeah, we've already asked him. We've already told him. That's right. Let's let's see if he gets it. That's right. Okay. One final thing. Um, I did want to make this exclusively about uh, Biden and Harris. Um, Dina, what, what can we do to help out, uh, shore up the conversations and sort of minimize the infighting if that's possible? I don't think, I don't even know if it's possible because it seems to be kind of baked in the cake at this point. Um, yeah. In what ways can we um, smooth out this process so that some real meaningful engagement can occur while we're tackling COVID with this task force? Uh, some other things can concurrently happen at the same time so that we can have a really productive administration. Yeah, we're going to have to first have some really serious conversations at home with our own families. And by that, I mean the black family, because yes. right now this is a prime opportunity for us to get what, what we deserve and what we've earned and what we've worked for. But that's mm -hmm. only going to happen if we work together for the common good and put, you know, petty BS aside. Right. Um, I did want to go back and address something Aaron just said uh, regarding our Native American brothers and sisters, because mm -hmm. we got to, you know, tip our hats to them, too, because yes. the actual tipping point in yes. this election was Arizona. And the Navajo Nation yes. voted by 97 percent. Say that. Yeah. that. That collective organizing is something yeah. that we can learn from. Absolutely. Something we need to learn from is something we need to get on right now. Absolutely. Do, can you give us any like civic organizations that you're aware of or grassroots movements that can help this process along? There's there's many places to get involved. Jeff, you might know some good ones too. And Lori, you've been phone banking. So uh, I, I, I keep asking because I, I think we're gonna have to get right to work and not take any time off. Um, and if not, um, is there a website people can go to if they want to get more education about how they can continue to stay engaged so that this momentum we have right now doesn't drop off? I think the best way uh, people can stay engaged is by doing so in their own communities. Mm -hmm. Get involved in your city council. City you know, council. Get involved in your school board. Yes. Show yes. up to your, na your neighborhood uh, Democratic club because that's where it's gonna actually start for black people. It's gonna mm. start from the bottom and work its way up. Mm. And because we gotta get, we have to gather ourselves first. That's right, that's right. That's where it's gonna start, start at home. Start at home, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, you always have an announcement that I almost forget to uh, squeeze in and then you say, hey, I had something else to say. So Dina Becker, uh, before I close this out, uh, anything going on that you need to tell us about, anything we can anticipate with uh, Dim Misfit Black Girls, uh, 
any announcements from Dina J. Becker? Um, you know, for a change, <laughs> I don't have any, anything like big to announce. Um, we're working on, you know, making it a weekly show. Okay. Uh, so, you know, just stay tuned. We're, we're working out kinks, getting things together. Um, there may be someone that we will be backing. One of us may be running for office soon, and I'm not going to say anything else. Okay, I can I'm dig that. To, you know, so, stay tuned. Fantastic. How do we stay tuned? What's the best way for people to follow you? Oh, um, follow them Misfit Black Girls. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, Face, but Instagram and Twitter is Dem Mitzfits. Mm -hmm. On uh, Facebook, it's Dem Fit Black Girls. Absolutely. Well, thank you for all that you've done. And seriously, Dina, you know, you and I have, you know, we, we've had our share of run-ins on this show, but you have definitely helped change the dialogue and conversation on this program. You've educated and opened my eyes to certain things that I otherwise wouldn't have been privy to. So for your involvement on this program and always being available to this show as much as you can, I really, really sincerely appreciate what you've done for me personally and for the listeners out there. So California Delegate Dina Becker, thank you very, very, very much. Oh, thank you, Ron. You're welcome. Lori Peacock did some phone banking. She was dealing with trolls online. She was fighting and these Trumpers were out of control and Lori just stood her ground. Uh, you've been an amazing ally during this process. Uh, final thoughts from you, Lori Peacock. We have a new administration coming in, and you did that, Lori Peacock. Uh, final <laughs> thoughts from you. you know, for me, I just wanted to be able to say that I did all I could, that I did all I could to invoke change, that I did all I could to help our country. And um, the calling, I mean, the phone banking, we called Texas. We called Texas and we called Texas and we called Texas. Mm. And it was like, you know, I talked to one guy, he's great. And I was like, we're trying to turn Texas blue. He's like, yeah, good luck with that. And I was like, but we're going to try, you know? Um, and, and we got closer, I think, than anybody really yeah. could. We came really close. So, you know, the calling um, and I donated money and I bought all my gear, you know, yeah. I, and of course I voted. And I encouraged people to vote. Um, and I just feel like, you know, regardless of whatever the outcome was, I just wanted to be able to say that I did my part. And I'm so thrilled that the outcome turned out the way that it did. And I'm excited. And like I said, I'm hopeful. And it's a new day. And let's go get them. Let's go get them. Well, you you stay in the fight because you, you've definitely taught me the spirit of uh, uh, keeping hopeful and uh, fighting through the uncertainty. Um, that's, that's warrior code right there. And you, you have exemplified and modeled that for me. And for that, uh, Lori, you're a dear friend from way back. Uh, I appreciate you and everything that you've done to make this happen for Joe and Kamala today. So for that contribution, Lori Peacock, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. And you are welcome. Jeffrey Keller, good brother, man, you out there doing what you do, Pocho Hour Power, top rated radio show in Southern California over there on KPFK, but you don't stop there. You're an actor, you're a talented comedian, you're politically astute and informed, you're protesting, you're all about the people, always have been. Good brother, final thoughts from you on what this historic election means to you and going forward, Mr. Jeffrey Keller. Man, I'm just, I'm just glad we got the orange on the trumpeteer out of there. Come on. <laughs> 
But you know that he's not going to stop. He's still going to use platforms to keep motivating his people. So we got to stay united and keep pushing forward and keep getting stronger. Um, Cause you know, he's going to try to come back in four years. Yeah. He um, 2024. Yeah. So, so we, we, we got to stay strong and you got to stay on your senators and your congressmen and, and keep calling those people and telling them what you need and what you want and let them know you're not going to have it. Um, right. and, and like they talked earlier, you know, again, local elections and we got, we got, we got to stay politically aware and use you know, our voting power to get what we want and show the people that we really mean this. And it's not just presidents every two years. We got to do it every time there's an election. We got to just get out there. They got to know that, hey, you mess with us. We don't get what we want. Well, then this is what's going to happen. And when they understand that, that's when you get what you want. That's right. That's what's up. Well, thank you, good brother Jeffrey Kelly. What's the best way for people to follow you? Uh, You can catch me in my militancy on... uh, Instagram and Twitter, my mom's white. So there you go. There you go. Well, Jeffrey Keller, you are a dear friend from back in the day as well. Uh, My good brother has uh, allowed me to lean on his uh, powerful shoulders in times of stress. He's talked me off the ledge many, many times. He's kept me accountable, uh, has reeled me back in when I kind of got too far out there. And uh, you've been a voice of reason in all of these conversations. And uh, it's really been helpful, man. You're my brother. And I love you, man. So thank you for everything that you've done down there in L.A. And uh, keep up the good work, good brother. And we'll be following your work for sure. Okay? Yes, sir, man. Love you too, uh, Roman. I'm glad that they won because, dang, I don't know what what you would have (laughs) did. I was out. I put myself out there. I put myself out there. I don't know what a lot of people would have done. Exactly. But I wasn't worried because I I, I saw what was happening. And I know. You you knew. You can't pull a rising tide. There's no way you can do that. There's no way you can do that. And I was just convinced that the majority of voters were going to show up on the side of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And that's exactly what has happened. And it's continuing to happen because given what you just said about Texas, Lori and Dina, they're still counting. It's only 98 percent completed. I mean, we know what the outcome is going to be, but uh, we're getting closer in Texas. So if the day comes or when the day comes that Texas becomes blue, uh, Republicans, that's the ball game. You're finished. So if you don't get your act <laughs> together and stop all this white supremacy and catering and providing comfort to these, these Nazis and white supremacists, you're about to be finished. All right. Democrats, you ain't getting off easy either. You got to get your act together because just like Dina said, y'all be suppressing votes too. Okay. That's right. Stop and they need to a, a, no, clap round of applause for the first time voters that came out because 13% of voters this go round were first time voters and 66% of them voted for Biden. Absolutely. Progressives made this happen. Listen to Dina Becker, y'all. This pro- progressive made it happen. Indigenous people made this happen. Brown folks made this happen. And brothers and sisters made this happen. That's right. Okay? And 45% of white women. All right. So, <laughs> Those are the ones marching with us. <laughs> yeah, come right. on, come on. I mean, we get in where we fit in, but yo, we we got to stick together. But thank God, um, the, the the king is dead. Uh, Trump has been real, but you got to go. This is KCWG, the Truth.com's program is called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome, and ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we are just continuing our discussion about what the nation has just done. We have a new president-elect coming in, Joe Biden. 
has just been elected as the 46th president of the United States and Kamala Harris out of Oakland, California is the new vice president elect. First black woman, first woman and first uh, woman of Asian descent as well, all wrapped up into one in this uh, incredibly historic election. And so we're having a discussion during this broadcast to uh, just get some reactions from people. Uh, you know, this show focuses a lot on mental health and uh, I wanted to bring portions of the mental health army back for this one. This is a monumental occasion. You know, I'm sounding a little subdued right now, but by the time you hear this, uh, we'll be 48 hours past uh, the announcement of this historic uh, election. So uh, to help me have this conversation, I have two returning champs who've been here before. You know these two people, they're amazing. They're both authors, they're both uh, mental health professionals, one in Southern California, the other in Northern California. So ladies first, this uh, author is the, or this good sister is the author of a book called We Just Said No. Oh my God. Uh, it, it's an amazing project about how to help your children who are facing the prospect of a medical diagnosis of ADHD and how she handled it as a parent. Uh, she's been very helpful on this show. So I'm proud to welcome her back in all of her healing parts. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good sister, licensed clinical social worker, Casey Phillips Brown. Miss Brown, are you Hello, there? hello. It's a happy morning. It's a happy day. I'm happy to be here. It's a happy day. Well, <laughs> welcome back. You are a soldier, a trooper. Uh, thank you so much for rejoining us. And from Northern California, you guys know this good brother. This good brother is the author of the book, The Emotion, The Tree, and Me. Uh, he's a psychologist, he's an administrator, he's an all-around good brother, a very talented cat, and y'all know him very well. So also welcome back to Psychotic Bump School, our good brother, Mr. Dr. Chase Moore. Dr. Moore, are you there? I am here and uh, glad to be here and glad to be here with uh, with you, Casey, and, and DJ Rome. So I, I really appreciate Thanks. it. Well, 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 we sure appreciate you, good brother. Well, let's get off on into it, y'all. Um, we got a new administration coming in. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling? Where were you when you heard the news that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been elected as the next presidential administration for the United States? Casey Phillips-Brown, what are your thoughts? I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still in, in somewhat of shock, you know, I'm, I'm, like most people and I won't say just Americans, I think most people around the world, I've been glued to my TV, really trying to see what's gonna happen in every moment, trying to figure out what's gonna, you know, is it, what's the new outcome, what's the new news? And I was just sitting on my couch and I was texting and it came through on a text thread and I looked up like, no, I, I think I was, I, really after like what has been four days? It's like, I'm like it's happened mm -hmm. five days. And so turn on the TV and there it was. So I, I'm feeling joyous that the people have spoken. I think initially I was, uh, I was heartbroken. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I had a, I had a situation um, over the weekend that kind of gave me a new perspective on life. Right. So I, I, I kind of backed away from the election cause I was really into it. And I was like, you know what? Life is short. Whatever happens is going to be all right. That's what kind of, I think that kind of what got me through this last week because that was on my mind. Like whatever happened, it's okay. As Americans, we're going to make it through. And as I started seeing the numbers being so close, I got real discouraged. Mm -hmm. I think, I, and I think of all the people who we live in this country, our clients. So I'm a clinical supervisor and I have some clients, but mostly I'm supervising social workers and marriage and family therapists as they're seeing clients. And so many people, all I could think of was what message with these close numbers are our clients getting? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They're seeing in America, people, so many people were willing to vote back in a person who does not care about their lives, who does not care about my life. I know immigrant families were, were just thinking of like how sad they must have been. So at first I got real discouraged and I'm like, look at how many people after four years of all this craziness mm-hmm. are still, still voted, still voted. But then it started to hit me, but we still won. Like there still was enough good in America mm. that that somebody who is promised to bring us all back together and to be everyone in America's president won. So that that helped out a whole bunch. So I went, as you can see, I went through a range of emotions, which I think most Americans are going through right now. We're excited, and then there's still the mistrust of, okay, we got still got 72 days of him being in office. What's gonna happen? You know, right. what kind of fights are we gonna have to, you know, join into, and what do we have to be ready for? Um, but there was a. And I'll come to I'll come to it later. But there was a quote that someone uh, mentioned, and they're talking about you need to celebrate now the victories that that are here while you have them. Let me really quick. Soledad was mm. the one who posted it. Okay, I'm sorry about that. She says you need to celebrate the victories. Oh, I'll come back to it. The point is, we need to be happy now. We don't know what's going to happen later, but True. cherish, cherish, cherish what we've accomplished as a nation right now. Um, Here it is right now. When I interviewed leaders from the civil rights movement, a few of them said this, celebrate every win because after the win will come a backlash and the backlash will be so bad, it will cause you to have doubt. So celebrate the wins so you can remember what they felt like. So right now I'm celebrating. That's right. That's right. That sounds like Sade could have written that one. That was cherished. Dr. Chase Moore, what was your response to uh, the announcement of Biden and Harris going into the White House? You know, I I would say for me, relief, right, which is uh, the alleviation of, you know, symptoms. You know, I I, that whole week leading up to it, I think my body felt different. You know, there was energy that was stuck in, in my body because of I know the what, what all of you just said, because, you know, there's still 50% of the country, uh, you know, voting for someone who obviously does not really care about Black people. And so it, for me, it was, it was just a lot of energy pent up. And so more relief, I would say that, uh, you know, happiness probably wouldn't be an accurate description, uh, simply because of what, uh, uh, Casey just said, you know, I know there will be a lot of work and we will have to continue to push uh, the administration to do their due diligence uh, on our behalf. But I would say relief. And then, you know, after I allowed myself to feel relief, uh, I was, you know, actually watching my daughter, um, you know, practice soccer in the backyard and, you know, what it you know means to her really started to pop up in my mind as well because I'm from the Bay Area from Berkeley, uh, Kamala is from mm-hmm. Oakland, and so you know raising a young uh, African American daughter uh, that really empowered you know me and I know it empowered her and so the relief allowed me to feel other aspects and other emotions. So yes, just relief, just you know thankful that. Uh, a certain amount of stress was was off of uh, my shoulders. Absolutely. Even even if it was just briefly for that one moment, right before we start thinking of all the other things that may come with it, but that one moment of, all right, okay, okay, America, <laughs> like okay, America, 
exactly. we, we pulled through. And I'm, I'm going to let you guys, I'm, I'm going to keep reminding you that I'm also from the Bay, too. I, I, I know, uh, right. Rome, you like to just give me to, to South Central LA, I but I keep doing born that. in Fair, uh, Tavis Air Force Base, lived in Oakland, Alameda, Hayward, All so right. Bay Area in the house. That's Fairfield, Vacaville. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, we got you, Casey. We got you. All right. Y'all yeah. just got to claim me. You just got to yeah, claim me. I, I, guess I, <laughs> I guess I do keep forgetting that. Well, talk to me a minute. I'd like for Chasey to talk to me a, a minute more about the disappointment because I guess the numbers are still coming in because they haven't finished counting all the ballots, but there was a lot of disillusionment and disappointment when the election looked like it was a blowout for Trump the night of the election. Now, I saw all of that coming, so I knew what was going to happen. I understood what was happening at that stage, but a lot of people were disappointed about what our, case, our our nation was saying to the rest of the world. No, we do approve of this guy. And yes, we are willing to give him another term. Um, and again, the numbers haven't all come back, but it's starting to look like he got more black people to vote for him this time than last time. So yeah. Chase and Casey, uh, do you have any sentiment around that? Uh, the, the progressive uptick of black support for an authoritarian figure like that and what it means, you know, for, you know, you mentioned your daughter. I mean, what kind of message does that send to your kids, Casey's kids and kids across the, the nation? Certainly. Yeah. You know, I think um, when we are looking at this uh, as a whole, I, I think if we take the emotion away and, uh, you know, as an athlete, uh, I, I filter everything through that, you know, kind of a prism. And so I'm thinking, you know, there's a there's a saying in athletics, don't listen to, you know, uh, how I say something, but, you know, you know what I say. And it's a bit of a stretch. But what I think is, is that uh, for many African-Americans, black people or indigenous people, they were identifying with something in Donald Trump that um, that spoke to them and spoke to a certain type of opportunity and. Again, that's why I think, um, you know, I felt more relief. I won't, wouldn't say happiness, mm -hmm. but more relief. And so I think it is important that we look uh, ourselves in the face, both a Democrat, Republic, uh, Republican, or independents, um, and understand that if somebody is willing to put back in a misogynist, racist, bigoted, every word you want to use to negatively describe somebody, if they're willing to do that, you have to look in your face as well and say, okay, what, you know, what is it, you know, that, that, uh, about me, how can I, uh, you know, work to improve my message where, you know, because basically, you know, people were willing to go with, uh, you know, one type of abuser over what they perceived as another type of abuser. And if we don't have the, I guess the, the room in our nervous system um, emotionally to really take that look at ourselves is going to continue to happen. And so, you know, for us, I think, it, and when I say us, I mean, you know, as Black people, African people in America, we have to do our work and our due diligence to, to learn and create our own power systems and to push, you know, both sides with these agendas. And that goes into what Ice Cube was trying to do. It goes into what P. Diddy, P. Diddy was trying to do. Um, we have to make sure that uh, we're doing our due diligence. And that's why I appreciate the sisters, um, you know, the sorority uh, sisters who really pushed their vote and all of these different pockets of people who've done their due diligence to, to get Biden and Kamala in. Now our work continues to grow as 
we push them to stand up for us the same way that uh, Donald Trump stood up for his base. And, you know, they were racist and bigoted, um, his, his base that he was pandering to. Um, and so we have to hold them accountable, you know, to us as well, because they got in on our backs. Sure did. Sure did. I completely agree with you, uh, Dr. Moore. You just brought some things into my mind that I've been feeling and you just brought it back out. Um, the idea, okay, well, first let me hit up what you are just saying about the, the women who got out there in Georgia and got over 800,000 um, people registered. So then I'll come right back. Uh, so I know a lot of people have just been really congratulating and thanking Stacey Abrams, which is wonderful because she could have took her, they cheated her out of her win and she could have just walked away and went home, cried, which most people would have done and gave up and been disillusioned, but she rallied with other black women. And so Mm -hmm. I just recently posted something today that I had seen from the new Georgia project that there's other women who were a part of this. So for black women to give credit uh, to for registering the 800,000 new Georgia uh, voters, Helen Butler, Mm -hmm. um, Deborah Scott, Mm-hmm. Tamika Atkins, and I don't want to mispronounce his sister's name, is N-S-E, is it N-S-E? Ufot. Okay. U-F-O-T. I just don't want to miss, I'm sorry if I destroyed her name like that. But I just mm-hmm. wanted to quickly give them a shout out for all those people who could have just walked away but said, no, we need to build this foundation and keep going. Yep. Um, and going back to what uh, Dr. Moore said, I think initially my, my disillusionment was again, oh my God, look at all these people who hate black people in America. Look at all these people, you know, and then I, then I realized there was black people who were voting and there were other people and these people aren't racist. These people, like you said, Dr. Moore, just want something that we're not giving them. And so then they're thinking, well, I'll sacrifice my being called a, a, a coon or being called whatever thing to be able to get somebody in office who I feel would at least Take care of this need. So going back, is it uh, Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? What's my biggest need, right? Yep. This is where I'm going to go. My basic is I want to take care of my family. There was a gentleman I was watching on Instagram uh, yesterday, and he was saying, as a small business owner, I agree with what Trump says. I like what he's given me. I've grown because of it. However, I cannot deal with the idea of the hatred and the racism and putting kids in cages. So I didn't vote for him. But if that person can say that bravely and say, I did like what he's bringing to the table. There's so many other people who voted for him and just didn't tell us, right? And, but now we see it. And mm-hmm. we, but why are they? Why are they willing to have someone in office who, <laughs> everything you mentioned, Dr. Moore, all the different names we can, we, can, we can describe them as. Why is that so important? Because their basic needs aren't being met. So that did give me hope. It made me realize, okay, it's not just a bunch of hateful people in this world. There's mm-hmm. people who are seeing what he's given and they want some of it. So I think the, uh, the job for our new vice, uh, our new uh, president-elect and vice president-elect is to really, after some the coronavirus and everything's calmed down some, mm-hmm. to look and see what made those people vote for this 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 person, what would take you to this level? Well, uh, personal interest is something that people uh, tend to take into the voting booth. And when you think about the issue of whether or not we have permanent friends versus permanent interests, people vote according to those interests and they vote according to their survival. You just talked about Maslow. So what are people that support Trump? uh, What are their basic needs for survival? Because they're becoming a political and numerical minority And so at what point do they realize that they are going to be in a nation where they're not in control uh, numerically? And what then is their psychosis in 
uh, how they envision society to be. Jack Nicholas recently praised Trump before the election, saying that, yeah, I can look past all that stuff and look at what he's trying to do. Look past all the drama that he's created in the ha in communities like Muslims with the Muslim ban, with you know causing calling NFL players sons of bitches and whatnot, you know calling black women dogs. You know he can look back past all of that, and it, it doesn't matter to him as a, a fellow white male that this man embodies the very antithesis of what a leader and president should 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 do, and so. I think we're in a, a very interesting time when these numbers do come back, we're, we're going to have um, an autopsy of our own, you know, just within the mental health community, I think. But this is KCWG, the truth.com's program's called Psychotic Bump School. I'm DJ Rome. Uh, we're talking to licensed clinical social worker, uh, Southern California and Northern California native, uh, Casey Phillips Brown. And we also have... <laughs> educational psychologist and administrator, the good brother, Dr. Chase Moore. And we're just talking some post-election stuff, you know, from a mental health standpoint. So uh, speaking of that, um, we, we have a few more minutes here. Uh, there's going to be a new coronavirus task force that the incoming president-elect Joe Biden is assembling right now. Uh, the rumor has it that he's going to appoint uh, Vivek Murthy uh, I think he's an Indian brother, I think. I, I'm not exactly sure uh, what his uh, ethnicity is, but he was fired by Trump in April. Uh, he's known for uh, being in charge of the opioid task force. And uh, he's been really uh, bullish about tapping into the loneliness that is enshrined our communities in the wake of coronavirus. The fact that people are experiencing workplace loneliness and social isolation. And he's very concerned about the, the mental health implications upon the nation. And of course that means our kids. And so I'm just wondering what kind of work do y'all envision we're gonna have to undertake as a result of uh, undoing all this stuff that's happened under this current administration. And what hope do you now have now that a new administration is coming in? Uh, let's go right back to uh, Casey Phillips Brown, and then we'll hear from Dr. Chase more on that. Casey Phillips Brown, what kind of work are we in store for in lieu of this new administration coming in? I um I want to be really optimistic and just say um, we have no more work to do. <laughs> Things are better. All is right in the world. But you know, ethically, I can't I can't say that. Um, I am concerned about just the anxiety that some people will begin to experience as things calm down. Right now we're on a high from yesterday of just nonstop great coverage of just goodness. And you're just seeing, I watch the TV and people from all works of all walks of life, all ethnicities, all, everything all together, partying, having a good time with their masks on, right? All over the world. So you, all over the world. And so you it may, for a moment, you're like, yes, okay, things are okay again. But it was super quiet on the other end. We don't know what else is being, you know, what people are doing. So I think there's gonna be some anxiety we're still dealing with. I, I pray that uh, what does happen is there's some type of, that the, the other Republicans stand up and try to pull and rein in uh, the current president yeah. and get him to see this may not be the best route to call, let's just go out gracefully. Let's go out gracefully. So I'm, I'm hoping it's gonna leave for um, uh, vice, uh, sorry, president-elect Biden to have room to really talk to the people who he's gonna put in charge. It already sounds like he's being extremely thoughtful and who he's considering to put in these key um, positions in our country to get us back to a 
our greatness. Uh, this was where we were doing really well and our economy was doing well, which is gonna help everyone's overall mental health. I think we look to our leaders. If we didn't see any, if, well, for me, if I didn't see anything else in this last administration, is how many incompetent people were put into positions of power in our education, in our housing, just everywhere. And you look and like, how can we survive as a nation with people who don't know how to do their jobs? I'm thinking now with this new administration, they're gonna be thoughtful and put people in a place that's gonna give us more faith. Mm-hmm. And right when you have faith in your country and it's going to give more faith in our economy and it's going to give more faith that we're going to be OK. So that yeah. faith and that hope is going to build, in my opinion, our mental health as a whole. We're, I, OK, I, I don't, I'm not thinking Biden's going to put in some people who don't know what they're doing. Uh-huh. That's not even crossing my mind. See, it makes a difference. Dr. Chase Moore, mm-hmm. what do you yeah, no, I, I completely agree that uh, I'm, I'm more optimistic. Uh, one thing that I'm hoping for, too, is that uh, this administration is not so polarizing, right? And so, you know, I looked up the definition of polarizing and in, in physics, it's kind of, it means when you don't let any light or energy in. And so, you know, I think, you know, this administration has an opportunity to really give the power back to the people and not, um, you know, keep everything up top. Well, we have this, you know, mental health professional, he's the leading or she's the leading mental health professional in the world. Um, I don't believe that exists. I think that mental health comes from your culture and community, uh, your tribe, whatever you want to call it, because it's ultimately going to start uh, in the home at the individual level, uh, and it's going to expand out to communities. And I, you know, what I hope is that they start to entrust people like uh, who, all of us on this call, because we individually uh, living in our communities have the power to support each other's mental health. And to be honest, it's going to look different for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Mental health for the middle class white American is going to look different than for uh, the middle class African American or the, the Mexican American, because, you know, I think what makes America so great is that we have uh, unique cultures and we have all of these unique uh, idiosyncrasies to us that make this uh, place so great. And so at some point we have to live that truth and honor that, that um, we need to give people the freedom again to live out you know, their cultural ways of healing themselves and their ways of being together. Because this pandemic has affected people differently, um, even within which the quote unquote black community, because if you look at the quote unquote black community, there are uh, people who are Native American, you know, indigenous to, to, to you know, this land. There are people who um, their descendants come from Africa. There are people who are, um, you know, very dark skinned from for a lot of they're melanated for a lot of different reasons. And I bring that up because they have ways of healing and, and, and being that have given them different experiences. For me, the, the pandemic has given my family time to be together. Um, I feel like we've grown closer and healthier because of the time. A lot of people may be experiencing loneliness. And the only way that we know that and heal that is to identify and connect with who you are and your experiences. And so I think uh, that's the long way of saying, uh, I hope this administration does not try to give one diagnosis for Mm -hmm. the country because there are a lot of different people here. And I think it's the, you know, that's where you have people who slip through the cracks saying, well, we should be feeling better or we should, you know, no, there are people, like you, you mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You have people in this country who are still fighting for basic needs, which is food, water, shelter, uh, safety. And then you have people who have that and they're looking for psychological self-esteem and they're looking for psychological safety and building their way. That's and right. so, 
you know, we, we, if we understand that and, you know, kind of give back the, the task of mental health and to uh, the individual uh, communities, I think we can, we can do a lot more than if we have some expert from Washington telling us, you know, the, giving us the temperature of the American mental health, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great point. And um, you just reminded me, both of you just reminded me of how important it is um, to be organized and to, uh, you know, stick together. Like we're a mental health army that I affectionately term for, for the purposes of this podcast and, you know, form organizations that really are going to speak to those needs, you know, the basic needs in our community, especially from a mental health standpoint, which is our focus here, our focus. And one thing, you know, before I let y'all go, one thing I'm going to be optimistic about is I'm looking forward to the time when Trump's nonsense won't be living rent-free in people's heads anymore. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Wow. And trying to guess and figure out what his next move is going to be. Casey said a little while ago, you know, he's got 72 days left in office and what's he going to do? And that's a shared sentiment. A lot of people are concerned that he's just going to wreak havoc. He's going to do lame duck appointments. He's going to be pardoning people and he's going to be acting a fool like he's been doing all this time. However, what's living rent-free in his head right now and his supporters is what black folks just did to him, okay? That's what's living rent-free in his head. The blue wave is coming still. They ain't done counting these votes, okay? That repudiation that people was hoping for that was going to uh, make a martyrshed statement on the night of the election, it's still coming. It, that is still coming. Just keep counting. Keep counting in Pennsylvania. Keep counting in Georgia where Stacey Abrams and all those systems that Stacey named. Keep counting in North Carolina. Um, that repudiation is here. He's already beaten the boy. He's beaten the pants off that boy already. More than four million vote gap. Now, I, I know in a record turnout election, that doesn't seem like a lot, but they ain't done counting, y'all. So the repudiation is here. The electoral college is a slam dunk. And that in itself is a big relief to my mental health. Well, well and we need we need the media to also be very responsible in these coming days. Um, yeah. I, I wrote something I can't find it right now, but really, we can't have every little thing he say, says broadcast, especially after yeah. he it's over when it's over yeah. and we have a new administration in the White House, because it's going to just keep everything going. He needs to be on mute. Like yes. mute button. We cannot every that's little a, thing that he's upset over. about. And if that's how they got him in the office, broadcasting every little thing he yeah. says. Casey, you and me and Chase, why don't we message Jack Dorsey to mute his Twitter account? Think we can get somebody, him to do that? Somebody says it changes <laughs> once the election's over that he can be, uh, different things can happen. That's right. I just read that this morning. So hopefully that's yeah. true. And, and I, I just I just want to say for you guys, I, I appreciate you uh, bringing that up, Rome, and I appreciate Casey you su- supporting that uh, that line of thinking because you know there was some research that just came up out about how music affects our mental health in a positive way, mm-hmm. and it it basically stated that the anticipation of a song uh, brings joy, it brings pleasure, right? In a very similar way to the differential reinforcement when you're gambling, right? And so it's uh, kind of waiting for what's going to happen next. Yep. And so I think it's important that we give you know black people the science of why Donald Trump has been so uh, effective at trolling people and staying rent free, as you put it, and I like it in people's mind, is because he is, um, you know, definitely good at 
giving you, okay, what is coming next? What is coming next? So it's not actually that he has any meat uh, to give us. Right. It is that uh, he's using the psychological, um, I guess the psychological tactic of keeping you waiting for what's mm -hmm. next. And so if yep. we know that's what's happening, uh, yep. there are definitely strategies you can uh, utilize to, uh, to combat that. And I think you guys brought it up. You know, I think people, you know, need to start muting him, need to start effectively putting him uh, on a diet and, not, and, mm -hmm. and us not mm -hmm. accessing him, put him on a diet. And I think that your nervous system, your brain, and um, all of that will start to go back to a baseline that is healthier for you. <sighs> we'll be able to breathe. At long last, we'll be able to breathe. Well, that's our show, y'all. Psychotic Bump School is the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul. My name is DJ Rome, and you know we're here every Monday evening from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific time. Check back with us. We shall return next week. Also want to thank our very special guest for the evening, Casey Phillips-Brown, licensed clinical social worker, Dr. Chase Moore, educational psychologist, as well as my good brother, Jeffrey Keller, Dina J. Becker, Lori Peacock, and Aaron Wiley-Sands. I also want to send a shout out to Frank Starks, who is the Iron Man behind the board. And we're out of here, y'all. Take care.